Welcome to the Lions Man Podcast, episode 19. We've made it this far. Today I'm joined by Kayla Marquise, technical goalkeeping coach at the Keeper Institute in New Jersey, and we talk today all about habits. Habits, habits, habits. How you make them, how you break them, how you change them, how you set them, how you decide upon them, which ones might work for who, etc., etc., etc. We also discuss high school habits, college habits, pro habits, national team habits, and really the habits that set high potentials apart from high performers. Like what makes a high performance habit a high performance habit? I gained a lot from this conversation and I know you will too. Kaylin is super passionate and she really brings the fire to the table. So enjoy, let's get it popping. Marquise, welcome to the Lions Made Podcast. I'm super pumped that you're you're on today. Thank you for making time, even though it's early in the morning and you're ill. That is, I am honored. Thanks for being here. No, uh, thanks for having me. It's always good to, you know, have something to look forward to when you're not feeling so great. Um, I really appreciate you having me on. It's obviously all of us at TCAB, me especially, a big fan of, of your work and what you do and getting to work with you um, has been great. I am really excited about uh, collabs coming up and it uh, seems like we'll be doing stuff together in the near future. So I'm, I'm pumped about the, the future of White Light and TKI. Um, yeah. I'll say it like that. Well, speaking of TKI, can you introduce yourself for the people who don't know who TKI, what, what TKI is and who Kayla Marquise is? Give us a lowdown. Who are you and what do you do? Right. Uh, so my name is Kayla Marquise. Um, I am on one hand, a professional goalkeeper. Um, I played a little bit at Sky Blue. Um, big goal of mine is to play overseas in Europe um, coming up soon. Uh, but for TKI, I am a goalkeeper technical coach. I'm also a co-host on the uh, Keeper Institute podcast. Uh, TKI is a um, all-encompassing goalkeeper school institute um, where goalkeepers of all ages and levels come and we teach them all aspects of the game, right? So not everything on the field, but everything off the field as well. Mental, character, um, physical, technical, tactical, all the pieces of goalkeeping. Um, we do all that for them. So really awesome place that I get to be a part of. And you have played at basically every level now. Did you play youth national as well? Uh, I was in a couple youth national camps of the U.S., like U18, U19 team, um, kind of sort of when I was in college at the University of Florida. That's awesome. So that makes you the perfect candidate, and I'm so happy that you brought up this topic to talk about high-performance habits because, as you well know, they change at every level of the game based on the demands um, that are placed on players and basically our ability to cope with them. So can you start out by giving us an idea of what a habit even is, and then we'll dive into high performance ones. What's a habit? Why do we need them? Right. So habits are like, um, they're small things and they're automatic things in our life. So we all have a billion habits that we have everyone, good, bad, indifferent. Um, but we all have habits that they're always automatic. Like, do you notice when you walk into a room, what's the first thing you do? Turn the light on. Yeah, turn the light on, look around. Duh, but do you even think about it? No, like that's just your habit to walk in and turn the light on. So habits at like their very core are just automated things our brain does because we predict that we're going to need them or that's going to benefit us, right? It's going to benefit us to turn the switch on and that gives us light so we can see. Um, 
So like habits at their very core just automate life for them. We don't have to walk in a room and think about turning the light on anymore. That's a habit, right? And the first thing you do when you wake up, you might have a habit of checking your phone or um, meditating, right? And one of those might be positive. One of those might be negative for you, but those are our habits. Um, and so for a high performance athlete, a lot of times you have specific habits or you have, um, in most cases that, that I've seen is routines full of habits that people live off. And it might not be, they have a 20 minute routine, but that first two minutes is a habit. And if they can do those first two minutes, then they're going to complete that 20 minute routine that completely will change their day. Cause it's totally automated, right? So not only is, as long as they force themselves to take the first step, the first jump, the rest is all automated and the result is also automated or automated in the brain basically. Right. So when you're building a habit, that's not automated, right? You're, you're, you're doing it, whether it's motivation or you know it'll be good for you, whatever you're it is. You're faking it until you make it. Yeah, you, you're literally faking it until you make it a habit and automate a process. Um, and then once you do that, it becomes part of your daily routine. Then you just need to start it, um, whatever that starting process may be. For some people, it might be, um, you know, if I put on my running shoes, then I'm going to go through all of my stretches and go for my workout. But if I don't put my running shoes on yet, none of those things are going to happen. Um, so the habit of putting your running shoes on maybe like first thing in the morning jumpstarts you into a good uh, movement mobility prep before you go out and work out. Um, anything like that. But when, you, when you're talking about specifically high-performance athletes, I think that's when um, those automated processes just become more in line with what you want to do the higher the level you get at. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. My experience with high performers as well is um, they perform better when they have to make less decisions and habits and routines help you automate basically everything. So you're using less brain power to be more productive. So whether that's like a high per performer at university or um, a scientist or a doctor or an athlete or a musician, whatever it may be, a business person to make less decisions because your habits literally align your day for you. So you're kind of just following the stones along the path, if that makes sense. It makes things a lot easier. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it, it turns off your brain almost at some points and it allows it to function um, in new ways and in more important ways that you can't automate. Um, and that's so important for athletes is so much of the game, um, whatever game, is decision-making. So when you're freeing your brain up to work on those aspects, not the smaller minute details um, of things in other areas of your day, um, I think just compound into huge results. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, so tell us, let's get a little bit more personal. Like what habits did you adopt as you started climbing the performance ladder? So as you started realizing, hey, I'm not just a rec player. Um, you started playing, I'm sure, I don't even remember what the terms are in the States, travel, premier, whatever <laughs> league you played in, um, and then started getting recruited for college and realizing, hey, I'm actually gonna be able to play, and you did at a great school. <laughs> what, how did your habits adjust, um, and when did you feel like that was necessary? Was there a time when you were like, oh my God, now I have to change my habits, and you purposefully did it, or did your habits just shift with your team? Tell us about that a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't think, so first off, I mean, at that age, uh, probably was like 13, 14, 
um, when that kind of was all starting for me, thankfully, um, I was pretty lucky, but I don't think it, none of it was cognitive change. You know, I wasn't being like, oh, my habits need to change to get where I want to be. Um, a lot of the times when you look at your habits, it's, it's your environment. Like what you said, like with uh, my team. So when I was, I was 13, I got into this, uh, this new club team. They're really good. They had a little bit more exposure. Um, and a lot of girls on that team wanted to play college soccer as well. So that was, that was new um, kind of for me in, in the environment I was in. And I felt like I was surrounded by people who were similar mindsets as me. And I was able to kind of almost observe them and what they were doing. So there's, you know, there's always a certain number of people in your life or in, on your team or um, people that you kind of look up to in a way. And you're like, I really am impressed or I really love how they do this. Right. So like, like with TKI, for example, when I got to TKI, I was like, everybody I admire here, like everybody on staff reads a lot. You know, like I like to read. I'm big. Like I like fantasy and sci-fi, whatever. But, but they're, they're taking like, in information. They really read to better themselves. So now, you know what I do? I read to better myself because the people I admire, the people I want to be like, do that. That's one of their habits. Um, and I think I didn't really recognize I did that in high school, but I definitely had some teammates that I knew would um, get to practice early and just pass for a little bit, get some extra touches on the ball. Or I had heard they would do extra workouts outside of practice. So I started doing like sprint circuits in, um, in the street in front of my house, um, small things like that. And by no way was I having great habits. I, I, I still don't. I'm not a perfectionist in habits. It's just something that's really in my heart. And I think that really automates your processes to help you get to a higher level. But I think it's all about the environment you're in. And the easier it is for people around you to be doing a habit, the easier it is for you, right? If you're the only person that wants to wake up at 6 a.m. and run an extra mile every morning. You sure aren't going to do it if you're doing it alone. <laughs> exactly. So being in the right environment um, really helped me kind of hone in and, and do the right things without even kind of realizing that I was supposed to. What habits, good or bad, did you pick up on in college as you got there? Just out oh, of curiosity. Because so, yeah. <laughs> everybody has like really weird habits that they picked up from their teams <laughs> and they always change depending on the team and the coach, of course. So I'm yes. interested. So uh, the first one that, that's funny, but like comes up, everybody like knows the joke, like freshman 15, like you gain weight in college. I just oh, yeah. one loved um, like chips and queso. So like that was a bad habit. I don't, not a habit we did every day, but honestly way too often. Um, uh, for a soccer player, at least. <laughs> yeah, because we could. And and I've always kind of understood nutrition and, and done pretty well. But, I mean, we were working out. We were, you know, we were training all the time. Why couldn't we have some chips and queso? Um, Everybody says that about those conditioning sessions, especially after that. It's like, so I'm going to get some ice cream and some hot dogs and some. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and we would do uh, swim workouts every once in a while. And those just really crush you. Um, yeah. So you definitely need to replenish after that. Case uh, is not the way to go. Let me tell you, everybody, <laughs> go for a smoothie or a heavy grain bowl or something. Yeah, uh, no, no chili cheese, please. Yeah, no, and it's not even looking back. I'm like, why would I? Why would I do that? But um, the people around me were doing it, and it was because you were a teenager and you were stupid, like we all were. Yeah, being um, hot asses, being in college for the first time. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but definitely some, some better habits that I was around, you know, at the next level. Um, like I said, uh, there's girls that made it a habit to be, say we, we practiced at 4 p.m. every day in my freshman year, they would be on the field ready to go by 3.30. Um, and they would always, if they were by themselves or with somebody, they were always working and it was intentional. Um, you know, so sometimes in, in like high school, I'd be like, yeah, I got to the field early sometimes, but we would just pass around, mess around. We, it was basically just social time, but they were actually putting in an extra 20, 25 minutes of work every day that was meaningful and it was intentional. Um, and that adds up so fast. And it's so different. I mean, there's so many times that, especially as the goalkeeper, it's hard to go out on your own and, and do things, but people are like, oh, I'm going to spend an hour at the field. Like, what were you actually able to do for an hour that you couldn't have done in 30 minutes really made it more intentional than actually focused for those 30 minutes. And then we're able to leave. Yeah. Um, so, so habits started kind of building like that, just being um, um, more intentional or um, we always, we had the a 10 minute rule in college. <laughs> um, so if you were 10 minute, if so practice at four, you had to be there by, be there and ready by three fifty. If we had, workout at 7 a.m. you to be there and ready by 6.50. So I definitely got in a habit of actually being places 15 to 20 minutes early um, that I still haven't really been able to kick, which has been really good. Uh, but it was a standard for everyone. And I know that's not what everybody's, what everybody's is, but that was uh, actually really beneficial because I love being able to be things um, on time and feel ready to go instead of strolling up last minute, trying to hop in. Um, that sets you apart from most Americans. Yeah. <laughs> um, no shade, but <laughs> they tend to be no. the, ten, the 10 to 15 minute late rule. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me tell you, when you had to do like 10 120s for being not 10 minutes early to something, mm -hmm. you definitely started getting to places early, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, but it allows you to have those extra few minutes to prepare as well. Yeah, and that way when practice was supposed to start at 4 p.m., we could have our little pre-practice announcements and we'd actually start practice at 4 p.m., yeah. um, which was is really helpful, especially because, you know, in college, you have a lot of other stuff. You've got, you've got schoolwork and um, different treatments and meetings, and you do have a lot going on here. You have a busy day. So to be to, on time and to do things when you're, you're supposed to actually um, – can really mean a lot in on certain days for sure. And I'm sure Becky was always on time as well. Oh, always, always. Um, yeah, definitely. She always made sure we were we were on it, and they were really good about um, keeping our schedules good. But I mean, along with that, in terms of ten minutes early to like team meals and, and practices and workouts and stuff, um, it made sure that I was always there for um, appointments with academic advisors or. Uh, like the nutritionist or um, anything for the physical therapists or athletic trainers. Um, I, I, I can say I, I'm a big nerd, but I hardly missed a class. Like mm -hmm. the routine Same. that we had in place for soccer, um, I kept with me throughout, you know, the other areas of my life. Um, yeah. Consistency, like those habits, again, the high performance thing you keep talking about, um, you know, the consistency aspect of it being a big thing and the intentionality of it being a big thing. Like when it changes, it doesn't just change one spectrum of your life. Like if you change, if you start adding, I always push for my athletes, the habit of gratefulness and the habit of morning and night routines, like those things don't just impact 
how you perform at school or how you perform on the pitch, like it literally changes every single part of your life. You can't just box that habit into, I mean, I guess you could if you really wanted to, but if you're being intentional and consistent about it to really bring your best on the pitch, it's going to change every single part of your life. Those eight hours, eight to 10 hours of sleep are going to change the quality of your whole day and productivity, not just how you play on the pitch. Like, yeah, massive. Absolutely. And that's something that I wish I could tell you I knew in college, but really, you know, the, the higher levels you get, the more you understand. Like, I swear in high school, I worked hard. I swear to you, I thought I was working really hard. <laughs> right. I'm like, I wasn't doing anything. I was barely working. Um, and that has just grown and grown. Like the higher I've gotten up in um, the levels I've been able to thankfully play at. And, you know, the, the amazing athletes I've been able to be around and see what they do. I'm like, wow, like I've got so much more I can do, which on one hand, it can be very overwhelming, but on one hand, it's really cool because sometimes you get to points where you're like, oh, I like, I don't know how much else I could do to get better. And then you um, meet some new people or, or read a new book and you're like this, I can mm-hmm. put act- these action pieces in. And um, we have this one professional, Michelle Betos, that is incredible habits, um, has been a professional for several years now. Boss player too absolute beast um talking to her about her habits like she has a full routine her days are very similar um she gets the most out of her days in in all aspects um but she's like you know what it's taken me like nine years to build this routine um so being able to understand that like you have to start small so looking back and saying so some of the habits i put in place in high school some of the habits i put in place in in college and some that i'm trying to add now and add in the future will all be able to round me out several years down the road and really have a really strong foundation of routine you think about completely changing your day completely changing your life in 24 hours it's going to be almost impossible to sustain right Absolutely. and that's the thing about habits is that they do take time to automate um and when you're completely changing around your life it's it's very difficult right our, our bodies and our minds are not susceptible to that much change um, at one time. So that's another thing that you, you've got to realize with these, these high performance habits is any kind of habits is that they will take time and you have to, to keep pushing um, and working for them as easy or as difficult as they meet may be until they do get hit that automated point. Yeah, absolutely. Which takes more than 30 days. What does James, what would James clear in atomic habits say? It takes uh, about I, three months, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that and usually what I had heard before this and a lot of times people are like, oh, 21 days, three weeks. That's yeah. all you need to do to build a habit. No, no way. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm calling BS on that. Um, yeah. At least, yeah, at least three months of, of consistent um, and intentional focus on, on creating a habit until it becomes automotive. And um, I think it might even be longer in, in certain situations. And he, he said, it's not really about the time. It's about... Um, how often about the frequency yeah right so you might have done it for three months but you only did it once a week mm-hmm. so you really didn't do it that much at all like 12 times yeah right so but oh you might have done it for three months but you did it three times a day yeah and that's definitely going to be a habit by the time you hit the three month mark so um and it might be different you might not have a habit that's every day but it might be every monday it might be how you start your week um, so that, that might take a little bit longer since it's not as frequent of a habit you're trying to build. 
but gradually you'll, I mean, I always notice when I've changed my habits, when I start to miss something, if I miss it, like I recognize, oh, I didn't do that this morning, that part of my morning routine, or I didn't do that part of my night routine today. And like, or um, pre-performance routine, like you miss that piece of it. That's how you know that it's starting to become a habit. Cause it's like, there's an empty space where you didn't do that thing you knew you were supposed to do or that thing that helps. Um, yeah, absolutely. So can you tell me, I really love what you said about like working in a team. I think that's really important and, ha and surrounding yourself with people who have those habits and talking to people who have those habits. How does your coach, how has your coach influenced your habits? Like their habits, their routines, how have they changed how you view habits or maybe changed your actual habits? Yeah, I mean, a coach is a, an essential piece of a team. Um, I'm, you know, one of those people that strongly believe that every member of a team is not only the players, but but the staff and the coaching staff and all of that as well. I think it's a lot more than, you know, for our game, 11 people on the field or whoever's on the bench, it's, it's all inclusive. And the coach is basically the figurehead of all that, right? Like the president of your team. At best, they're the representative and the leader, the leading force by um, leading by action and not just with words, right? Right, exactly. So um, for me, it's always been important to see like what my coaches do. Um, and the most influential coaches for me are the ones that what, what I see them do is, is really beneficial for, for them and the team. So seeing that a coach, you know, writes down a practice plan and, and, and shares it with the team, you know, they're thought out, they, they care about us, they care about what we're going to do, they care about our development, um, especially um, when you are in like a season long deal, the, you know, you want to hit a peak performance. Um, so if that's, that's huge for me and understanding that you know, they have a schedule too. And when coaches have, for me, I love when coaches have like open doors. So they're like, hey, whenever my door's open, it's almost always open, you come in. The only time they close doors is if they're in a meeting, um, which I think is hugely important as well, because just like we have times when we need to close off our doors and get work done, um, we need to close off our doors and get sleep in. Um, mm -hmm. We need to close our doors and have family time or friend time. Um, that's part of our, our recovery and our happiness that the coaches need to do the same as well. You know, our coach, we want our coaches to embody um, what we want to be. And um, I think sometimes coaches either go overboard or don't let them in the team enough. And I think that can have an impact on the team. Um, so I've like, I personally have loved when my coaches have had open doors, even if I'm um, say I'm having a meeting with one coach, I walk past the other two coaches offices and I just say, Hey, Hey, how's your day? Mm -hmm. Cool. I'll see you at practice in like four hours. You know, I've got a meeting with, with uh, Becky or, um, you know, my college coaches were, were great about, about that. Everybody had an open door policy. We could walk in when, whenever they were around. Um, and, in like seeing their office, seeing their spaces. I'm very, I'm a very organized person. Um, I like to have my things tidy and exactly what I want, you know, big fan of color coordination, things like that. Um, so to see that they were organized, they had their stuff in place. Um, and not only that, but they had pictures of the team or teams mm -hmm. of the past 
on the walls. Like they were really prideful about the program. Um, they were thinking made, about you guys all the time. Yeah. And that made me really prideful about the program. I and mean, you walk into Becky Burley's office and she had 300 little gator trinket things all around like on her windowsill and it was it was way too much but you just like and she had pictures from every single team every year on her wall um she got pictures of that team from the like media day photo shoots on her walls um and then her door was covered with pictures of families like people's mm. families that had were alumni and their kids um and it was just so cool to see like what she cared about um, like what she surrounded herself by was what she talked about was the things that she put at the forefront of, of her work. Um, and yeah. I think that's huge because we take in so much, maybe judgment's not the great word, but we, we have a lot of, we have a lot of judgment and understanding through our visual cues. So what we see somebody do, our perception is what we believe. Um, and, you know, for my coaches in college to give off those perceptions, even if they didn't say a word, um, was really impactful for me. Um, same thing like at TKI, like my coaches, my bosses at TKI, they um, live and show off their values. Mm -hmm. So they not only speak about them, but they live about them, um, which is so inspiring because they're not just talking the talk, like you said, they're, they're actually being active. Um, and doing what they believe in and doing what they ask um, us to do as well. Which makes a huge difference when you're on the following side, right? Like to see somebody who has very high standards and expectations be like, I expect this from you. Also, I'm living it out just as hardcore and with just as much intention and just as much consistency as I'm asking from you and have been forever. Yeah. And it can be super frustrating <laughs> to yeah. be held at such a high standard all the time. Um, but it can be, so rewarding when those people when you're doing it with someone when you're doing it with a group of people um you're doing it together and you know that's what it's all about is, is making those connections and having the people around you to to live life with yeah. um which has been it's super incredible and a great experience to be a part of absolutely so let's get a little bit more into the details of what habits do you find set the high performance athletes or high performance players apart from those who are high potential, but not quite high performance. What's the difference? Give us some specific habits that you see. Right. So I think um, a piece that's not talked about a lot that um, you can kind of see on, on the faces of kids a lot is habits of thought. You know, what are, what are those, what are those kids thinking? What are those athletes thinking? Um, Cause a lot of it is, is mindset. Um, so are, what are their thoughts surrounded about? Are they, is their self-talk positive? You know, are they tearing themselves down constantly? Um, are they consistently uh, encouraging others in the training session, right? It's not, you know, not all about their one, that one person's uh, growth. If you're in a training session with four kids, then, you know, you have more than just yourself to think about, which can be really beneficial, in, in my opinion, is to get outside your own head and encourage others. It, it heightens the session, especially Absolutely. if you're having, you know, if I'm having difficulty in a session and I'm stuck inside my own head, I'm not going to get anywhere. But if I can get outside of my own head, encourage the person that's going before me, um, maybe my own performance gets a little bit higher since I'm not 
tearing myself down. Um, Since you're not spending the majority of the time focusing on self-deprecating talk with yourself, like, right? how um, are you having a session with other people or communicating with teammates when you're literally just talking to yourself? Exactly. And, and that mood shift um, completely takes away from the rest of the session. You can feel that if you're someone else in the session. Yeah. One, one teammate can poison a lot of, a lot of a session. Right. And if, if you have um, severe habits of, of doing those and having those thought processes, uh, that can really deter you from potential. Um, and that's just all inside your own head. And then that's during a session. And then your habits of thought in terms of what do you actually think about playing at the next level? Do you, if you're in high school and you're looking to play college, are you only thinking about um, the social implications of playing at a division one, playing at a, a top program? People are gonna know what school you go to. Um, do, you, do you think about how you're gonna be a student athlete? So the schools that you wanna go to, do they even have the major you're interested in? Um, you know, I think high performance athletes, um, have a, a well-rounded understanding of um, the level they're going to. And not to say that they know exactly what to expect, they're gonna make the jump quickly, but they understand that, you know, the jump from level to level is more than just about, you know, the speed of play or the physicality. Um, it's about taking care of your body. And in me looking college, and academics are a huge part of taking the next step to that level. There's, there's no way around it. You can't ignore it. it maybe mm -hmm. you went to school mostly for that sport, but you went there to be a student athlete as well. You still and, went to a school. Right. And how you do one thing is how you do everything. And, and if you're not going to, you know, put in the time to do your homework and your, and your schoolwork, then you might not even have the chance to play on the field um, based on, on some of those, you know, they all have the minimum GPA you can play in. And whatnot you never want to see a um an athlete get to that level but you know it's it's still an important important side of the game if you're looking to play in college you're going to like you said you're going to college um yeah you're going to a, an academic institution yeah and, and that's not something you can write off it's it's got to be um on your radar as well so um how how did their their thoughts align with what they say they want to do um is that beneficial for them um, or not? Like we say, like, are, are they mental midgets? Um, mm, I like that. Are they stuck in their head? Um, yeah. Do they're, and they're not able to get over mistakes. Um, that's all, that's all mental areas of the game that um, can really, really set you apart that are definitely capable of growing out of or working through um, Absolutely, but I think the earlier that you have an understanding, um, diving into those those mental processes, um, the better chance you have of, of succeeding at the at the next level you make it to. Absolutely, I um, I see a lot of beneficial habits in preparation, like as you were saying, people who or players who know how to prepare themselves and actually use that time wisely, not just slowly doing a warm up, not slowly meditating now, oh, maybe I'll do some of this, maybe I'll do something of this. Like, no, your time is viewed as an asset, so you treat it as such, and yeah, maximize the time to be as productive as possible, whether that's, okay, I'm doing regeneration, so I'm gonna be 
watching Netflix to relax at first, and then I'm going to go meditate or I'm going to do some visualization or whatever. People who are actually really intentional about using their time um, and treating it as the valuable gift that it is. Um, because as high performance athletes, time is always in demand. There's never enough, or at least have a feeling that it's never enough. I don't know if you would agree to that or not. Oh yeah, never enough time for anyone. <laughs> like we need a good 36 hour extension to every single day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I definitely see a lot of in preparation and like you said, punctuality. That always tells me something about how serious a player is. Um, when they show up to a session, how they show up to a session, if they're ready to start a session, the intensity in which they go in a, sen in a session, um, and the ability to self-reflect, I've also seen. Um, and that yeah. self-awareness you spoke to as well with all of those thought processes, but like, do you actually stop and think about what you've done? Do you actually stop and think about what you're doing now and what you're gonna do? Or, um, yeah, and like you said, focusing on, am I just doing this for social benefit or am I doing this because I love it and it, get, it brings me something? What are my values? Um, those are things that many high performers have thought through, not all of them, <laughs> because you'd yeah. be shocked. <laughs> but. Yeah, and there's a lot of pure, pure talent in athleticism out there. Um, yeah, for sure. But the ones that can sustain it at the high level, like you said, do you have these, these preparation habits and huge about the self-reflection? I mean, that's, that's so funny how like you walk onto a field, how you're ready for practice. I um, follow my old um, strength coach from high school and he had posted recently about how um, you can always tell how a session with somebody's going to come based on um, how they get out of their car. Um, yeah, man, it's that like easy. A, right, a gym, right? You're just walking mm -hmm. to the gym, you drive up, get out of your car. Are you um, talking on the phone and you, you seem frustrated? Or are you pumping loud music and um, you get out of the car and you're, you're like kind of skipping in? Or um, are you yawning and like putting on it, putting on your jacket as you get off out of the car? I mean, how you approach a session um, determines exactly what you're going to get out of it. And then how you reflect from a session um, directly reflects to or relates to how deep you're going to get the information out of it, right? So even though I mean, we, we encourage everyone at TKI to um, journal after a session, right? So all the individuals yes. I work with, hey, your homework this week is to really simple. I want you to write five things you did well today. Um, and two things you want to work on next time you're in here. And then sometimes I'll be like five things, like that was the worst session I've ever had. I'm like, okay, you might not have had a great session, but I guarantee you did at least five things well. And sometimes I'll have to sit there and work with them. Like, hey, let's break it down. What did we do first? You think that was completely awful? No, of course not. You, um, you had a really great warm up. You were really intentional about your warm up, and you just go through and you have to, you know, just coming back to, hey, you might not have felt like a, a good athlete in that session, but I promise you did things well whether it was you started off well in the middle you really you really slumped and then you came back that's super difficult to have an hour session to like be to like really feel like you have a drop in performance and then try and make your way back into finishing on a better note Absolutely. I think that is incredibly difficult to do um, and to have a 14 year old kind of recognize that for me is, is huge um, and their self-reflection in those journals although usually try and keep it quick um, has been, I think, really beneficial for, for our athletes at TKI. Yeah, I love journaling and I love um, 
that it makes you so intentional about details. Like you have to now acknowledge and analyze the very details of a session. Oh, I feel like everything about this is horrible. Well, let me get really detailed about this. Oh, that one distribution was really, really good. So I'm going to write that down. Um, yeah, starting young and being intentional about your own feedback is important. What habits do you see specific for goalkeepers that are important, high performance goalkeepers? Is there any difference? Honestly, I don't think there um, is a big difference between any athlete at, at the higher level. I mean, honestly, obviously the details are going to be different. I mean, how, uh, you know, a professional ballerina handles her body is going to be a lot different than, you know, a, a football goalkeeper or, um, you know, like a offensive lineman um, in American football. So obviously those positions require very different um daily life in terms of workout and physical recovery. Um, but the habits of, of a high professional are all the same. And, and I bet you could find a lot of parallels between a high performance athlete and a, a high performance business professional. Um, you know, habits for the human being are, are generally going to be, you know, consistent. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Is it going to be um, you know, a lot of people do the journaling or the meditation or the gratitude. Um, one thing I like to do one of the first times I wake up in the morning is to play a quick game of Sudoku, which is weird. Um, but I find that... Get your brain going early. Yeah, it gets my brain going early. I love numbers. And it's, it's mindless, but it's not mindless. Like, I don't really have to think about anything. But um, I do something that's kind of challenging, and I, and I find an accomplishment early in the day. Um, so for me, on one hand, it's kind of fun, but it's, uh, an, it's an exact activity. I do a little bit of uh, gratitude writing in my phone, um, and then I get up and you know I go through my, my morning routine and brush my teeth, washing my face, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. And so then you look at the differences maybe, and um, people have different aspects of their day. So maybe the next aspect of my day is to um, make my breakfast, pack my lunch, and then head over to TKI. Um, that's going to look very, very similar to um, a high professional in a, in a working environment. Mm -hmm. right? um, so it's really have, just the logistics are different, essentially. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at anybody in, in any field, I mean, human, humans are so, so similar. And just because the field you work in um, doesn't completely change, you know, who you are. And, you know, we're all human beings. We're all people. We find routines and in, in similar aspects we find um connection in similar places we are all connected human beings um, what you do does that completely change who you are and i think that um which are very similar just because you have amazing habits doesn't mean you're uh, you're a high performance athlete right doesn't just because you have amazing habits doesn't mean you're a executive on wall street Definitely. They, it's not the fix. Right. I mean, they're really great foundations to lay a level of, of becoming at a, um, who you want to be. Right. So if I'm like, you know, I want to be Julia Ayer, I want to be her. And I figure out exactly what your like routine is, um, what really gets you going, um, what focuses you in, um, how you make the most out of your day and your time. And I start replicating that then Oh, oh my gosh! Now I'm I'm being way more consistent. I'm being uh, way more intentional. I'm getting in twice the amount of work I, I I normally did because I'm, you know, 
following the foundations of the basics of a very successful person like of who I admire mm-hmm. obviously like the whole the the work and the brain power and all that stuff has to be put in but it lays a huge and a great layer um it's a great blueprint exactly to get started but it's not the end all be all it just like you like we said in the beginning it automates a lot of the processes which allow us to think on on um more complicated things throughout the day yeah, habits make a really, really good blueprint, like from an architect, but it does not feel, fill in the content. Um, I definitely cannot play in the goal like Kayla Marquise. So as much as I want to follow all her habits and be on time and 15 minutes early to everything, uh, you still have to put in the skill work behind it and have some level of talent in genetics. I did not get that height. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's also important to note, like, um, just because I do a habit or um you do a habit doesn't mean it's it's going to be beneficial uh, yes. for me um we have to find what works best for you and, and sometimes it's not the same as um what someone else does so i think i mean maybe you try it for the three months and it doesn't stick it's not flowing maybe you put it in a different area of your routine whatever habit you may want to add um but some habits aren't meant for everyone right some some people don't respond well to 30 minutes of meditation, um, they're only primed for 10 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So already hopping to 30 minutes is not gonna be beneficial for them. Maybe once they get 10 minutes down for a few months, they feel comfortable, they can elongate that to 20 and then work up to 30, but habits are, are only beneficial if they work for you. Absolutely. And your body will tell you relatively quick, quickly if a habit is good for you or not good for you. I mean, really, it will get boring. It will get, um, you might feel like it's dysfunctional. Like think about diets when everybody was in the diet craze of like the Atkins diet and now the keto diet and now the um, zone diet and this, that, and the other thing. Like some people feel like certain things work for them, that certain blueprints work for them and certain content works for them and other people don't. So that's completely fine. Find what works for you stick to it don't get distracted but also don't get upset when you know Kayla's habits don't work for you or Julia's habits don't work for you and you need to adjust a little bit like I in college we were always encouraged to get eight hours of sleep I don't actually know anybody in college who did get eight hours of sleep (laughs) do you (laughs) not often (laughs) yeah not often I mean maybe like match day plus one you hit that eight hour mark but that wasn't really for me like I needed six hours and 50 minutes of sleep almost exactly and I was like my tank was full too much and I would be sleepy too little and I would be sleepy but when we were encouraged for eight hours that just didn't work for me so I started adopting to my six hours and 50 minutes and felt great and performed great um and that was just like a weird quirk that my body had but everybody's body has that and everybody's brain has that so don't get upset if it doesn't work exactly for you oh yeah absolutely and and like I function like I know that like I function a lot better like eight and a half to nine hours, you know, which yeah. for me can be super fresh. I'm like, oh my gosh, Julia needs two hours less of sleep than me. Like she can do all that much more in this time, but I don't function well if I don't have enough sleep. And there's times I'm like, okay, well, seven hours, I'll do seven hours for like six nights in a row. And then for like two days, I just crash. I am like yeah. not able to function at all. And um, that's just something that, you know, I, I've had to play with and, 
and learn about myself. But um, you're right. We all have differences. That's so funny with the, the different diets and stuff. If you hear about it and you've got family that's like, um, I'm more active and, and aware of like, you know, nutritional, whatnot, everything um, in my family, because it's, you know, part of my lifestyle. It's a, it's a part of my career, um, big component. Um, so sometimes my family be like, what do you think about this? I want to try this. Like, Listen, I don't know a lot about this diet or, you know, why it might work, but uh, it, it works for certain people. I'm, I'm not going to knock it. You know, every, every diet, it wouldn't be a fad diet if it didn't work for right. a certain amount of people. And it, it's primed for their body type, their lifestyle, their routine. Or their brains. Their brains. Yeah, their where where they live, what they're able to get their hands on. So if that's gonna work for you, it's gonna work for you. But if not, maybe we just try a more a more balanced thing. And, and if it does work for you, then great, that's great. But hey, if if Aunt Shelley's doing that, Aunt JD, maybe you can't do that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not across the board. Not all extremes work, and it's not always the greatest idea to jump right into an extreme when you're trying to build a habit. Yeah, exactly. It start small, like like with the journaling thing. Um, like uh, Jill and Tori at TKI really love putting a pen to paper. Really mm -hmm. love it. It's super soothing for them, um, and it, it really helps. So I'm like, and you oh, love I'm to open your notes app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know what, for me, what's been really beneficial is the last like four weeks of, of training and my workout program. I have, I have a journal for my, you know, strength, speed performance program. And I have a journal for training and it's on my computer because that's where I feel like I'm going to do it the most, have it the most. I, I carry around my computer everywhere already. I use it for work. Um, I always have it with me, but for me, it's almost annoying to have another journal on top of that. And then when I'm done with that journal, I have to replace it. As much as I like putting a pen on paper, the journal app on my computer, super good for me. Yeah. Super brilliant. So, I mean, just because we're doing similar habits, um, those little differences can really be impactful for certain people. Absolutely. So what one habit would you say, what would you recommend to somebody who's looking at changing their habits to become or to emulate maybe better way to say high performers, would you say journaling? Is that kind of your go-to? Um, I would say to start with journaling. Yeah. Um, because for me, like we had said, and you had mentioned it really well, um, kind of some of the most basic, like input, like foundational habits that high performance athletes have that, um, you and I've both been able to see is, like in your preparation and your reflection. Um, and for me, if you can journal, um, and I've done it, I've done it sometimes and, and I'll get back into it a little bit more times, but journaling before a session helps me set my intentions, um, not even from the next day, but that day right before a session, set my intentions, what I want to focus on, um, gets me in a, into a better state of preparation. So when I do that, then I'm like, okay, now I'll go activate, do some mobility, um, whatever it might be, that kind of jump starts the next part of my routine. And then after a session, once I get a minute after I've cooled down, um, done whatever I need to do, I get back to my computer and I reflect. And it's just a short paragraph. It's nothing crazy. I just write down what I felt, um, maybe who I was training with, um, maybe what I learned from someone else that day and, and 
what I'm like, okay, this needs more attention going forward um, because I felt like this was lacking or, hey, like this was much better today. I've struggled with it for the last three days. A uh, quick paragraph of those sorts, just put my thoughts on paper um, and I'm only able to reflect. And now I'm able to go back maybe like, okay, last week was a really hard week for me. I felt like just struggled. Um, let me look at my thoughts from last week and, and how can I change that this week? I think being able to have thoughts and words on paper help our habits of thought in terms of what we what we want to get out of a session and what we want to get better at. Yeah, I love that. Kaylin, thank you so much for coming on and, and I feel like now I need to go journal and brain dump all of this onto paper because I just am like fired up. <laughs> um, where can the people find you online if they've got more questions, if they want to uh, catch your habits blueprint and you know become Kayla Marquise, <laughs> where can they contact you? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, feel free to reach out to me. Let's, let's be friends. Um, hit me up. I'm definitely not an expert in anything, but I'm working it through just like you guys are. So you can find me um, on Instagram at Kaylin underscore Marquise, um, or uh, you can email me at kmarquise at thekeeperinstitute.com. I've got way too many ways to contact me. So. <laughs> Good. I'll put all that in the description so people have no excuse not to get in contact. Yeah. We need to all catch Jill's habits is what we need to do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> follow her around for a few weeks. Exactly. Exactly.